So let's get right into it. The previous year, Thursday, we started getting into the intricacies of the sugya of sheer gris, which to a great extent can be said to represent the whole tchum, the whole subject of shiurim in general. And beyond just tracing particular specific shittas, that so-and-so says this and so-and-so says that, but we also we paid attention to the nature of how the halacha, you could say, the observance of the halacha and how we measure the gris developed. We saw how it begins with the lashonus of Chazal, where it sounds like everything is simple and obvious and straightforward. We know exactly what we're talking about. We saw there are some short general statements from Rishayinim, and then how suddenly the discussion uh, bursts out into the open, gets very complex, very quickly, uh, deep, in the middle of the era of the Achreinim, a while after the Shulchan Aruch and the Neis HaKelem, and how suddenly this becomes uh, an area of measurements and calculations and in this manner till today. So I want to summarize what we covered last time. That'll be a portion uh, at the beginning of the shir right now. So, right, we said there's a Mishnah Nida, Hargama Chayla Sarezu Taylabad, Kigris Shalpoil, which we uh, assumed is the Chachamim's own Hamtza, uh, their Halachas are their own idea, the Ksamim, the Tlia, and that's the shir they came up with. They said it looked like a Gris. Versus Nagayim, Nagayim, we have the Mishnah Gufa Shal Baharas, Kigris Hakilki Meruba, Mekoim Hagris. Tesha Adashas, Mekayim Adasha, Arbasairas, Nimtsu Shlesha Meshesh Sa'ara. So we have this judgment of the nine uh, lentils, three by three, 36 hairs. And over there, it seems clear that the main shear, the primary shear, is the Cyrus. That's an actual measurement of skin where the Tsaras would be found. But Chachamim found it easier to say, you just want uh, one number, one size, take the gris. He said, of course, the poil is a bean. Kilki is Cilician beans, uh, which is another variety nearer to Sidal. And a gris means that you take the bean, which grows naturally, sort of fold it over, and you just crack it open, and you have a flat half. So despite the seeming differences between the Mishnah and Indian and the Garm, we saw that the Rambam sort of combined the two in Isurei Bia. The Rambam wrote the Gabi Ksamim so that Amam brought the adashas, the lentils, into the, uh, into the picture. From there to turn Shulchan Aruch. Along, along the way, we have the addition of the Namban, who said you can just use whatever the biggest bean you find, uh, whatever that is. You can just use that. Um, from Ramban, it sounds like some of the Rishonim were still using beans from Nashkenazim. Quoted in the Beis Yosef, sounds like maybe they're starting to focus more on the secondary of lentils and hair. 
We also mentioned the Yireim. The Yireim said, we don't know what the Grishal Pearl is. And we have the question of, isn't this all too large? Aren't lice much smaller? Therefore, we should sort of use our Shikol Adas and just use our intuition as to what we think a louse, whatever, what actually, uh, what stain it would have actually left behind. Although the Yireim is mostly uh, not the Shita we follow. We saw that the discussion began in the Shalas HaTshuva's Dvar Shmuel, which was printed in 1702, so that's around, that's Taco when the discussion begins, where he was corresponding with others, and they really started getting into this pilpul and shakavataria about what's the Gris, and what are the Adoshim, and what are the Cyrus, all these different Makairis, and that's where the confusion uh, begins. Afterwards, we saw the Tshuva to the Chacham Tzvi, and a Tshuva from two years later, from Tov Samach Dalet, he was asked if he had anything, the Kabbalah, any traditions about the Gris. Chacham Tzvi said no, but his main message, is, uh, his takeaway was, calm down, don't get uh, too worked up over it, don't treat it like an Isser Karis, it's only Divrei Seifrim, you can rely on whatever the Rishonim say, calmly. He brought the aside that Chacham must have known that uh, there is no being larger than the stain of the Ma'achaylas. Chachamim knew that. We can rely on them. And we should not assume that maybe Chacham are talking about a smaller gris. Why? Because they said, gris shoksamim hulahakal, the shear is a shear lahakal. And there's no reason to say that this gris should be smaller than the gris of Nagayim. And as to the questions about what are these Adashim and what are the sizes, right? Because in Kalim, it says that Adasha, the shear Adasha, Throughout Chazal is Lake Doyle of a Lake Tana, Ella Bainanis, Zu Mitzris. So now, how, do we, how are we supposed to figure out what a Bainanis and a Mitzris is? And he mentions that he actually saw in his time in Turkey, he saw lentils imported from Egypt, and he thought they were larger than the regular lentils. And the Alter Rebbe quotes that from there. On the other hand, we have a description of the Adosha HaMitzris, a mention of it in Maisris. That's not Chayv in Maisris, it's a description of the Rambam based on Tisafta and Yerushalmi, which is a bit unclear. The Rambam seems to be describing something pointy, and it's out in the desert. It's a wild variety. So if that's what the Mishnah is always talking about, then do we have any idea what that is? So that could uh, cause a lot of confusion. But the Chacham Tzvi sort of cut through all that and said that based on the Rambam in, in, in Isurei Bia, the Rambam was very... Uh, uh, kept it very short, kept it very curt. He just said, Adashim, Adashis. So, the Rambam presumably assumed, relied on us to understand that it's supposed to be a Benini, medium size, but otherwise, you don't have to figure out Mitzrius, not Mitzrius. Any person can go and take not what he considers to be nine average lentils, and that should be fine. Let's just ignore all the confusion. And then we saw what seems to be Ishtikol Chedesh, that he said, if you actually want to just return to the original shear of Grishel Poyl, so that's what we call in German the Grösser Bunen, the big beans, uh, the ones that Taka split in half, it works out very nicely, Lanias Daiti, that's what you should be Meshar, Allah Chalamaisa, and don't ask, how is there a louse that big? It all goes back to the same point, Hey Mamru, Hey Mamru, they knew, just rely on them, Sonny back of Emden also supported his father's sheer, the, his father's uh, opinion that you can take the uh, standard bean. We noted that it doesn't seem like they ever tried, it ever occurred to them to try to measure the bean versus the lentils to see how those compare. 
Then we got a bit into what the experts, or maybe the quote-unquote experts today on ancient matters have to say. Right? So generally, we said, they say that the kina is the louse. It's, it's no, there's no, it's not a different uh, species. And the beans are what we call fava beans today. And in fact, there are a number of Vishayinim who actually say that explicitly. And based on that, based on the identification of the louse and the bean, the question as to the discrepancy in the size would stand. And even though there is one expert, uh, Felix, who argued, looked it up a little bit, doesn't, I didn't see that he gets into that much detail, but his general statement was, based on descriptions in Chazal, it seems fair to say that the gris is smaller than the fava bean. So his, uh, they, must be a, they must have been referring at that time, the standard gris, the standard poil, must have been a smaller species, a smaller variety of bean, and it was maybe about one centimeter instead of two centimeters. So dafka, of course, the large standard size of two centimeters, dafka is the one that fits with the most common shita of the me'iltzdaka. That summarizes that. Then we got to the most central and important and influential mucker for generations till today on many issues. That, of course, is the Shut Me'iltztaka of Rabiyayna. Let's get his name right this time. His name is Rabiyayna Lansoifer, which meant that he or his father were the, uh, was the cipher for that uh, Medina, for that uh, region. So they called him Lansoifer. And we said he passed away at age 34, left a big mark. Uh, with uh, living, having lived such a short life. He passed away in the year 1712, and then in 1757, a bit of a while later, they printed his chuvas, and that's where this chuva first appeared. And there are many Yesaitis here that influenced the halacha, and perhaps you could say all shiuri Torah in general, right? So he was asked about the woman who left a mark on a piece of furniture, a kesem, and the question was, how we talking to you to get an exact shear here? So first, uh, Me'il Tzedakah lays out the problems. He says, you can't rely on the pictures in print. I still haven't figured out what exactly he means, but I, I suspect he might just mean that uh, it's referring to Mepharshim and Nagaim. If you look up Mishnayis, where there are descriptions of uh, shapes like this, often you'll find a, a tzir in the Mishnayis or in the Mepharshim. So I imagine that might be what he was referring to, not in Sifrei Hilchas Nida. So the way he makes it sound, he actually... Uh, reproduces his own version of the picture he thinks is worthless. So basically, it seems like they were drawing three, uh, a, circle, a square with three by three circles inside, but <laughs> you can draw that at any size you want. That doesn't actually, uh, gives you a sense of what a three by three uh, you know, circles in a square looks like, but it doesn't actually tell you what the shear is. So that's not helpful. Um, if you look at the Dark Moshe, the Dark Moshe here, it seems to be talking about, if you look at the, the Cyrus, what's the shear of Lamed above Cyrus? You look in the Dark Emersha, it seems to be talking about hair on the head. That, of course, would be a very, very tiny area. And just to add right now, to help illustrate that, right, his square, ultimately, we said was 18 millimeters by 18 millimeters. And that's supposed to be the equivalent of nine Adashim, three by three, which is supposed to be the 36 Cyrus, which would be six by six, right? 36 is six by six, and each adasha would be the equivalent of a small square of two by two hairs. If you look it up today, just search, how many, uh, how many hairs are there on the average person's head per square centimeter? The answer is between 124 and 200. 
I think 200 is maybe Caucasians and maybe other people it's less. So uh, that's, in, that's in one square centimeter, that's 200 hairs. So imagine at that rate what 36 hairs would be, what the shear of 36 hairs would be. It would be very, very, very small. But in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah changed uh, tracks, and the Ramah wrote, "Kameshink voice begufei shel adam." Okay, that's that's easier to deal with. Now we have now we're in uh, we're in business, but the Miltzaka says it's still too difficult to calculate hairs on the body. Where on the body are you going to calculate? And there's the problem if you turn to the adoshim. There's the problem of identifying the adoshim that were mentioned in Chazal, as we've already covered. So how we that's this summarizes the confusion that. Uh, that they were in at this time. And uh, by contrast to the Chacham Tzvi, he doesn't even seem to think about looking into beans. So, complete contrast. Doesn't mention the possibility at all. So what are the Yasidis in the Miltzaka? So we're going to summarize the major points that he made. I count about seven. Number one, point number one is, we can prove that Nagayim, and Nagayim, it's certainly talking about Ser HaGuf and not Ser HaRaish. Now, the Rebbe uh, summarizes this in short in, in Sifkat and Yeralef and Sheres Yehuda, even after the Chazara, the one thing that the Rebbe still uh, commended the Miltzaka for was for his, uh, his proof that it's clearly referring to Ser HaGuf. Point number two is that the Halachas of Nida should be the same as the Halachas of Nagayim, right? Because that's what the Rishonim were doing with the Gris Shalpayal, so... Clearly, that carries over to the Cyrus. The Cyrus are the Cyrus Aguf by Nagayim, so it's the Cyrus Aguf for Nida as well. So now when I want to measure for Nida, I can use the Cyrus Aguf as a point of reference. And to the question as to why the Mishnayas have different Lashonis, and maybe Nida was meant to be a smaller share than Nagayim. So he says, same kind of argument that we saw in the Chacham Tzvi, that the Shiorim of some are supposed to be Lahakal, and surely they held that a gris shalpoil mentioned in Nidda is the same size as the gris mentioned in the Gaim. So why does it say gris shalpoil? Not to tell you that it's a different size, but to tell you that the shape doesn't have to be the same. In a Gaim, it has to talk be gris akilki meruba. That was important to emphasize in a Gaim. They're telling you in Nidda, gris shalpoil, that means it could be elongated, doesn't matter. But otherwise, we should assume that they are the same. And that's something that Hamzvi said as well. That's very important. Point number three. In his, in his view, it's too complicated to pursue the hairs, so let's focus on the lentils. Point number four, when it comes to what, what size lentils should we work with? So we should f- just use the common lentils that we find. Ah, what about the Mishnah and Kalem that says Mitzriyas? And what about the Rambam and Maisis that says that the Dashos and Mitzriyas have this peculiar shape and they are a desert variety and that sounds like it's a totally different variety that we're not familiar with, so then what are we going to be left with? So he says, no, let's just assume that there's something wrong with the translation of the Rambam. We know Pirsha Mishnayas is a translation from Arabic, so we can always blame any problems on that. Um, so it surely was talking about our variety all along and there must have been a desert variety of it or it grew in the desert. Um, interestingly, unlike the Chacham Tzvi, who said that the Egyptian ones in his day were larger than the European ones, he says he was told that the Egyptian ones are the same size as the European ones. So if you want to somehow use today's lentils in Mitzrayim as a point of reference, that's what he says. Although he does say that it's the same size as the large ones in Europe. So it's the Aegis Bruder, we can rely on that. Okay, so ultimately the same conclusion of the Chacham Tzvi. We can use the lentils that we have. 
Question number five, point number five. Of the lentils that we have, we established that. Should we use the largest ones that we have or should we use the, the medium ones? So even though, on the one hand, we have these makaris that say, use the biggest gris, whatever gris you find, use the biggest one. But presumably, it's only referring to the gris. Chazal knew that there's no gris bigger than the stain of, an, of, a, of a louse. But we can't say the same thing for Adashim. They didn't mention anything about Adashim. And in fact, it says in the Mishnah, Benayinius, the only thing we do know about Adashim is that it's not the biggest. So, who's to say that if we took the biggest ones, maybe we'll end up with a shear that's uh, much larger than the shear gris. And the Al-Tarab brings this maskan in Sifkat and Yudgemo. And this was also essentially Chacham Tzvi's conclusion. Ultimately, he still was a little doubtful as to maybe whether we should consider the largest ones that he has, maybe those are still what the Torah calls, what the Mishnah calls, Beninim. And we should assume that they had an even larger one. And that fit with the report that the Adashim HaMitzrius are like our big ones. If the Adashim HaMitzrius of today are the same ones of then, and the Mishnah calls those Beninius, so then I can use the big ones in Europe and call them Beninius. But on the other hand, and we'll say it more accurately this time, he found in Beis of Yeridea, Simen Samachvav, regarding finding blood in an egg, the Beis writes, Shekesher Chalmain, so you're finding it in the part that connects between the, the white and the yellow, the white and the yolk. Shekesher Chalmain, who kedmus kesem ogoyl bereichav adosha gedoyla. That's the same size as the stain, the round stain on the width of a large lentil. So what he seems to be taking away from here is that large ones are large ones. Adasha Gadoila is an Adasha Gadoila. So we don't want a Gadoila, we want a Bainanus. So let's just take our Bainanus. He says, Vigamarti Likach, Habinanus Shalanu, Vigambaze Haminatsmai. He said there were three varieties, three sub varieties. That, that was his first uh, question. And once he took the medium variety, the most uh, average of the average. Although ultimately, he did end up measuring both sizes, but the one we uh, care about is the, the Benoinius. And then comes what's maybe uh, the biggest side in this whole Tchum. He asks, when it comes to these Shiurim, uh, do we actually have to sit and measure? Do I have to take, whip out my, uh, my measuring tape and my tools? Uh, to say that this is the, the Bainanus, and that's a specific question. And then generally, Agav, Kol Chazal. Does it have to be Medida or could it be Bo'emid? Is it being Zerayah from Erevin, from Tchumen, I believe? That uh, the Gemara says, essentially, you have to measure. You can't just uh, estimate. So you see that Shir the Rabbanon need Medida. Although, with regards to his question as to whether he should also use Medida to decide which are the most average lentils, on that point he decided there is no way to, how are you ever going to, what's your, uh, what's your assessment? How are you deciding what's big, what's small? That you have to sort of use your instinct. But for Shiurim generally, you have to measure. And that seems to be the basis for what he then went on to do, which seems to be a very revolutionary for this entire Tchum of Shiurim, because he's literally bringing... Uh, precise measurements and geometry into this sugya. And on the final point, the question that everybody asks, the shear that the result is much larger than a kina. So he says something more interesting than the Chacham Tzvi. He says, 
Kom bidas chachamim kenhu. And then he says, could be that in those times, the shiurim back then were bigger. The lice were bigger. The shir gris was bigger. Not bigger than the gris now, but that the shear of the blood that you would find was a larger stain than the stain you would find now. And it was the fi'erech, the people then. So there's assumption that they were larger then. And the lice were larger and the stains were larger. But still, even after things shrank, the shiurim didn't change. Why? Because they set a size, that size stays. I shouldn't the lentils also shrink? He says, no. So he seems to be saying that in his uh, assessment, could be people shrank, could be the kina shrank, so the actual blood is much smaller now than it used to be. But the things that grow are less likely to shrink, in his view. So the adashim probably stay the same. So when we measure the adashim, we're getting the original shear of Chazal. That original shear of Chazal now seems out of, t- out of touch with uh, the kina today. But yeah, that's because things changed at different rates. And this actually is a bit of, leads us, or can lead us, into the general, the major discussions in this, the Tchum of Shiurim, as the you know, big part of the discussion is, did things change, what changed, how does that affect Shiurim? I'll get back to it once I finish uh, summarizing what he said. Ultimately, the same conclusion as Acham Tzvi, and then he comes and describes his measurement, his system, his method. So he says, after all of this, so I measured, and the, so we said there were no inches and millimeters and centimeters back then, uh, apparently, but there were carrots, there were in the, in the field of diamonds and, and precious stones and pearls, there were carrots, so he says that he did measure, and the small, the, the average length of the Beninus was Kenekev Grad Echad, on the Tas Bechinus Hamargolius, a bit more, and uh, Benish in his uh, Sefer points out that a carrot is said to be 6.2 millimeters today. So about that, or slightly less than that, would fit with his final product, which is 3 by 3, 18 by 18, 6 to 18, which stems pretty closely. Uh, this, have you also not describe what, he's, what he says that a small neck is a carrot? Is he wrote, Habeninus grad echod, betas bechinus hamargolius, and grad is a carrot. And we measured the larger adashim, that's two carrots. Then he had, came up with this ingenious idea that he wanted to be able to sort of measure it down to the dots. So what's a dot? So he decided to use, he writes shumshimim, I understand that to mean poppy seeds. So he measured that the, the min habenini of adashim, nine of them is equivalent to 280 poppy seeds and nine of the big ones is equivalent to 390 poppy seeds. Interestingly, those numbers aren't perfect squares, so I'm not sure uh, how it fits in exactly. It may, it may not have been the most perfect uh, system. And of course, the Shadis Yehuda mentions that this is the part where the Altadeba lost the middle tzedakah. He couldn't uh, follow the, the poppy seed cheshbin, and he couldn't follow the carrot cheshbin. So he, that sort of locked Altadeba out of most of the calculation here. Hmm? It says, uh, Doesn't explain what the problem was, but because it's on that, 
And he tried to get a hold, he tried to obtain a test, and he asked the Seycheri Leipzig, those traveling to the more Germanic uh, cities, if they can get one for him, and they, they couldn't. And uh, then the Miltzaka says, and he got in touch with experts on geometry, so that they can then reshape this square into other shapes, into other geometrical shapes that have the same area. And he said he was able to test it by using his uh, shumshmim. So every shape they gave him, he then filled it up with the shumshmim. And he says, it fit im tzvufim im revachim. Again, I'm not sure how scientific that part of the test was, but at least uh, he thought it was supposed to be a, a nice way of keeping track that uh, it's more or less the same area. And then he goes through the shapes, and I, I shared a link uh, to, you can see the pictures of his shapes. He describes them, right? There's a square, there's a rhombus, there's a triangle with equal sides, there's a triangle with not with unequal sides, there's a circle, and then there's some kind of kavim kashtiim. And then he has also another square and another circle based on the larger shear, which we ignore. And as we said, the square is about 18 by 18 millimeters, and the circle has a diameter, a line across of 21 millimeters, which is equivalent to our nickel here in the United States. Many pointed out, of course, you have to have the right copy of the Miltzdaka or else it's pointless. And this was how the Miltzdaka made history. And certainly for the Gris, it shapes the halacha till today. Um, before we jump into the next stage of the discussion, just to, um, just to elaborate a little bit the, uh, on this point that the Miltzdaka made about how does the, li- the lice and the, it doesn't seem to be the same size as the Gris, Right. The Chacham Svi just said, let's just rely on the Chacham. The Yitzhak said, no, 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 it could be the Kinim and the people got smaller, but the Shear didn't get smaller and the Adoshim didn't get smaller. So I saw Ataka that Reb Chaim Noah, both Reb Chaim Noah and conversely the Stipler, his nemesis, both invoke this line, this passage in their discussions. The Stipler, the way he sees it, is that if you have a Shear and a Metzius, right, you have the Shear Gris, based on the metzius of a kina. And now the metzius got smaller, the kina got smaller, and not the shear, the shear does not get smaller, the, the original shear of Chazal should still stand. That's what seemingly we see here in the Miltzdaka. Chaim Noah argues that's not possible. Can't be. And this is in Shiori Mikvah, page 160, he writes, if the reality changes, then the shear based on that should also change. This is an exception. The Miltzdaka is specifically talking about this gzeda. Their gzeda was on this shear. So it's dafka gzeda dirabonam. Because they express their gzeda with this shear, so now we can't come along and shrink the thing that they said. But if it's all the other shirim deiraisa, if it's based on the metzias, then let's say the mikvah. The mikvah is based on the metzias of a person's size. So if the person's size changes, and now he can't fit into the water that Chazal said uh, should cover a person, so then you can't say, oh, we'll stick to the shear. No, the shear has to adapt to the Metzius. That's, so that's the context, and it translates into the shear ha'ama, the shear ha'mikva. And there are many other points in Mahalchem, of course, to everything we're saying here. Um, also, just to, fo- uh, to comment for a moment on the lentils themselves, what do the, uh, the experts have to say about lentils today? Okay, it's, it's too complex to, to get into, but in the, in the case of the mikvah, that, the, the context here is mikvah, and he's saying that if the person's uh, 
size taka changed, so then the mikvah would also have to follow. Regarding uh, lentils, right? So you have this Yudashami about the pointiness, which the Rambam, people quoted Bashem the Rambam. So uh, again, Felix, who had the smaller gris, he also says that the Adashim mentioned the Yudashami must be a smaller variety, which do have some pointiness somewhere in the, in the seeds. And maybe that's in line with uh, them both being smaller. Um, they say, if you just want to go, there's one approach in modern uh, combining archaeology with Shiurim is, let's say, Chazal mentioned Zesim. So maybe you want to dig through Eretz Yisrael and see what Zesim you find. Or maybe uh, if you get a sense of Amis, you could, if you know that the, the measurement, the area, the, the space between two places was a certain number of Amis, we can find those two places today and measure now. Maybe we can see how long the Amis are, etc. So following that system, if you dig... So we can find lentils, you can find remnants of lentils, I guess fossilized uh, lentils. Um, and in fact, if you follow the, the, the tenets of archaeology, you can see the development, you can see how the lentils themselves developed over time, depending on which era you find them in. Um, and generally, they divide into two categories. There are uh, lentils with a small seed, which is about three to six millimeters, and then there are larger ones, six to nine millimeters. And though the larger ones are considered to be more advanced, as time went on, they were able to develop larger ones. So it could be, if you take all of that and just say the betaness, then the betaness would talk be around six, which would fit nicely with the male stucco. That's just, you know, but ultimately it doesn't seem like anything is especially and particularly clear-cut. So could very well be, after all is said, that uh, maybe the original gris and the original adashim were smaller than we're assuming. And even more, even more recently, Reb Chaim Noah, when he was measuring Adashim, in his time in Eretz Yisrael, he came, he arrived at a smaller shear. So it was even possible a hundred years ago to, it really depends on the Adashim you have. So now we're moving on. So if you paid the attention, you'll notice that we didn't mention the following two words, the word Sela or the word Agudo. Right? And the reason for that is because Miltzdaka never brought it up. And this is first is first raised by the Placey, the Cresio Placey, in the section called Placey. So let's see, let's take a look at his, uh, it's pretty short, and follow the logic. So in the Placey, Hilchas Nidasem Kovtsadik, Sifkotn Yudal, which is later on Sifchavov, Nightness Aska Badam, Shi'i Afsha Shi'i Mimenu Kasim Elaka Gris. The blood she was dealing with was the size of a Gris. Vinimtala Kishne Grisin. Right? So the halacha is that she can say a one gris came from the blood I was touching, a one gris is from the machelas, from the kina. So comes the place and says, we just discussed previously and mentioned about the chatz, about the sela, right? Two women are being misasik with a dam, with a tzipa that's dam kasela. And, uh, Right, so we end up saying that uh, you could say, and each one ended up with a sela on her, so you could say each one ended up with a chatzis sela from half the bird. But what explains the other chatzis sela? That's too large, that's larger than a gris. That's why they're tmeis. So, right, so that step one, we can prove very clearly that chatzis sela is larger than a gris. Okay, what's the size of a chatzis sela? Well, let's start with the size of a sela. What's the size of a sela? A sela is a shlish tafach, a third of a tafach. The Al-Tarebbe, when he brings this in the Messiah to Simon Lama and Simon Memchas, these are in Hilchas Trefis, 
where it says that if there's a, a hole in the animal's skull and the hole is the size of a cellar, trefa. What if there are a bunch of small holes? If all the small holes combine together to be a shlish tafach, trefa. So a cellar and shlish tafach are understood to be equivalent. There's more of a discussion about this in Simon Chas, but we're not going to make things extra confusing. Let's just assume that in Gemara Cholin and in Luchas it says clearly that the width of a cellar is shlish tafach. So that means that since we're talking about a chatzi sela here in this halacha, each woman has a chatzi sela, that means the blood on her is a chatzi shlish tafach. And pay attention, he's assuming here that it's a shear of length. So we know the shear of a, ta- of a tafach, uh, of, a, of a sela is a shlish tafach, so we're just going to cut that in half and say half of that chatzi sela is chatzi shlish tafach. Okay, what's a chatzish lish tafach? Now we know, of course, that a tafach is four fingers. Simple to remember. Just pick up your hand. So, a shlish tafach, what's a shlish tafach? A shlish tafach is, divide four into three, one and a third. One and a third, it's boys. Since we're talking, that's a shlish tafach, a sela. A what about a chatzish sela, chatzish lish tafach? So you have to divide one and a third and a half. That means two thirds of a finger. Now, how much is that? Just to be able to visualize. Let's go with, let's say, Reb Chaim Noor. Reb Chaim Noor, and we see again how this, how the adjacent this is to the big Machlekasim. According to Reb Chaim Noor, an agudal is two centimeters, which is about the, the gris of the, of the, of the, of the milk stock. And there are other numbers as well. So if you're telling me that a chati sela is two-thirds of an agudal according to the cheshman of the placey, so what's two-thirds of 20 millimeters, two centimeters, 20 millimeters, what's two-thirds of that? That's only 13.3 millimeters. That's the chatzis sela, the chatzis shlish tafach, the two-thirds of an agodal, that's the larger shear that they're tmeis, and that means the gris has to be smaller than 13 millimeters. So you see how uh, this cheshman is uh, creating ma- major problems. According to the chazinish, who makes the agud a little bit bigger, 25 millimeters. Okay, so two-thirds of that is 16 millimeters, still smaller than the gris. So how did the chatzisela end up being much smaller than the gris? He used geometry with nine lentils, using Euclid, to using kamus reich avoirech, and kantiyufta, because uh, if... If the shear of chatzisela is two, two-thirds of an, of an agudo, so then a gris has to be a chatzia agudo. According to Rebchaim Noah, that means the gris would be, according to Rebchaim Noah's agudo, that means the gris would be, according to the place, about 10 millimeters. That's half of the chashman we've been going with until now. According to the chazinish, you could say, uh, you know, if you say half an agudo, 12, 12 and a half. That was the place's question. So now we get to the Alter Rebbe. First thing the Alter Rebbe said, and then the Chazara. So if you look in Sifkat and Yud Gimel, the Alter Rebbe says, we know a from later, Sifchav Hesiv Chavav, Chatzi Sela is more than a gris. We know a Sela is a Shlish Tafach. We know that a Shlish Tafach is a Gudol Shlish. So far, we're on the same page as the Plesi. Now the Alter Rebbe starts mixing in the barley. Gudol is seven Soeiris Zuetzel Zubedoycha, Kedlokamon Semen Reishayim Beis. That's Hilchah Sefer Torah, and the Shulchan Aruch there got it from the Rambam in Hilchah Sefer Torah. 
And that's where the Ramam decided to make a big announcement about Shiurim. The Ramam writes there, The average Gudel, I've looked into it, Seven average barley stuck together, the long way. That would be the equivalent if you laid them the other way, that would be the length of two next to each other. And all the shiurim are built from that. The tefach is four fingers of that. The alma is six tefachim of that. And again, we're not going to question that. We're just going to accept that for the purposes of this. So the Alter Rebbe says, so if the cella was a square, and you told me the cella is a shlish tefach, and you told me that a shlish tefach is a gudul shlish, and you told me that a gudul is Zion Soeris. So what's a, if a gudul is Zion Soeris, what's a gudul shlish? Gudul shlish uh, a third of seven is 2.3. So 9.3. Nine and a third. That would be a good lishlish. That would be uh, the cellar. So if it was a square, then that would mean that we should, we should square that number. 9.3 times 9.3. That would bring us, as the Altarebbe says in a minute, to 87 and change. So what's the Alter Rebbe trying to do here? Where's the Alter Rebbe heading? He's trying to find the error in the place is cheshman. Up until now he agreed. But when it comes to what's a chatzi shlish seller, right? You said that this is a, this is a chatzi shlish seller. That's where he disagrees. The place he assumed that just take, uh, just take the uh, agudol and, and cut it in half. It's a one and a third, cut that in half. Two, sick, two thirds of an agudal, a gris is even less than that, it's just oirech and reichav. Alter Rebbe says, don't look at a cella that way, look at a cella as an area, as a shape. And what you want to do is, you want to figure out what the area of a cella is, and then cut that area in half. That's not going to be the same cheshman at all. So he says, again, if the cella, right, we said the cella is. Uh, a gudel shlish, gudel shlish we said is nine soedas shlish. If we turn that into a square, that's eighty-seven. But it's not a square; it's a circle. A circle versus a square, you shave off a quarter. We know it's not exact, but that's what we're going with. So, we, uh, as we already know, a square of nine and a third is eighty-seven and a ninth. So, if you shave off a quarter of that, the number that Alter throws out is sixty-four and a half. If you do it on a calculator, it's a bit more. And Tanakh Tzedek already comments on it. But the, the number that Al-Tarebbe throws out is, it should be the area of a round cella with a diameter of Tzedek should come out to 64 and a half square Tzedek. Right? Because the assumption is a cella is a round coin. Hilchus Trefis, they only cared about the width of something. So they just threw out the Reich HaVasela. The Reich HaVasela was uh, the, the, the number they needed. But now we're talking about shatta. We're talking about stains. Stains are not uh, just a, a hole in, a, in the animal's skull. It's a, it's a stain. It's an area. So if the, if the cellar was square, then we would end up with, 70, with 87 soedas. But well, because the cellar was always round, so we have to take the diameter. The diameter is, we said, nine and a third soedas. And if you, uh, you calculate, it comes out to 64, 65. So now, take that area. So now we have an area to work with. Take that area and divide it in half. 
if you divide the area in half, so half of 64 and a half, that's easy, 32 and a quarter. 32 and a quarter is a lot more than a gris. Why? Because a gris, according to the Rebbe's math, is only 25 square seiris. A gris is 5 by 5. So a gris is 25 square seiris. And uh, half a cella, half the area of a cella is 32 and a quarter seiris. So let's just go through the numbers to translate that into numbers. Right? So according to the we're just going to also accept the Alta Rebbe said that it's 25 seiris. The, the seer of the Mil Staka is 25 seiris, 5 by 5. We said already that this square is 18 millimeters by 18 millimeters. If 18 millimeters equals 5 seiris, that means 18 divided by 5, one seira, for future reference, is 3.6 millimeters. Now, what did we say earlier? We said that the sela, the reich of sela, is gudal shlish, which is test seiris to shlish, a seira is 3.6, what's 9 and a third times 3.6? 33 millimeters. So the cella is pretty big. The diameter of the cella is, is way bigger than certainly than the quarter, which is whatever it is, 24. So cella is a very big coin. Tesoid is a shlish is 33 millimeters. That's the gudul shlish. Now, what if you just want to take the gudul without the shlish? The gudul without the shlish, if a gudul shlish is nine and a third seiris, which is times 3.6 millimeters, which is 33 millimeters, that means if you take off the shlish, take off a third of 33, what do you get? You get 25 millimeters. According to this cheshben, uh, etzba is 25 millimeters. Whose cheshben for an etzba is that today? A.K.A. the shear of the chazinish. So, uh, without even noticing, you may not have noticed, but uh, this whole cheshben here essentially is synonymous with the mahalach and the understanding of the chazinish, which we'll get back to. And of course, with the etzba goes the tefach. With the tefach goes the ama and all the dominoes until you call it teirakula. So, important to note that in passing, that that's what this math is based on. Hmm? Right? Yeah. But that's relevant here as well. So back to the answer of the kasha of the placing. Right? So we said... The cell's diameter is a shlish tafach, which we know from trefus, which we know is a gudul shlish, which we know is nine soedis shlish, which we know is 33 millimeters. That means the area translates into about, of the circle with that diameter, translates into about 64 and a half soedis. And then if you have that area to get 32 and a quarter, so what's the formula? You know, anyone know how to convert area into diameter? So you look it up, it's you divide the area by pi, get the square root, and double that to get the diameter. So if you do the math of 32 and a quarter, the diameter of that would be six and a half, about six and a half seitis. In other words, if you take a circle and you cut the area in half, the diameter doesn't get cut in half, nowhere close. The diameter gets a bit smaller. Picture a dime next to a quarter. A quarter is about... Uh, double the area of a dime. But the diameter certainly isn't. It's, it's the, the difference in diameter is much less. So if you, did, if you did this math, and you see that the diameter of 32 and a quarter, chatsi shlish sala, is six and a half soiris. What's six and a half soiris? We said it's 3.6 each. Six and a half point times 3.6 comes out to 23 millimeters for a chatsi sala. Ah! 
And now the, the milk stock is gris, it's 21 mil millimeters, so everything works out nicely. Right? So just to sum it up one last time, the Al-Tareb and the place, assuming they agree about the size of Sa'iris, they agree that a cellar's width is shlish tafa, which is a good shlish, which is test sa'iris shlish, which is 33 millimeters. The place he held, just take 33, cut it in half. That's 16 millimeters. That's already much less than the gris. Al-Tareb said, no, 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 you don't cut the, when you want it, if you're dealing with circles, you don't cut the diameter in half, you cut the area in half. The diameter doesn't get cut nearly as much. And that will add up to 23 millimeters, and that's more than the gris, and everything works out beautifully. That is the chashman, in case you wish to walk through it step by step. Everything's nice, great. So, we would follow the build staka, which is a nice cooling summum, and we would be machmer, kishitasachazinish, and all shiori teira, and everything would be nice and dandy. Comes along, the Alter Rebbe's brother, the Shedes Yehuda, reviewed the Leib, also known as the Maharil, the first Maharil in Chabad. Can't get into him too much, but we know that he was like his brother's right hand, both in Niglan and Chassidus. In Chassidus, we know he was the official maniach uh, uh, on behalf of the Alter Rebbe, the Semach Tzedek preferred his anachas when he printed Tehreb Kutatera. In Halacha also, it's very clear that they literally, it seems like they worked together, like, like, almost like partners to a certain extent. In the most recent issue of Hechel Habesht, Printed for Tishrei this year, there's an article by Rabbi Nachum Greenwald uh, on the Dmusoi ve'Kaimasei Ha'Halachdis of the Sheiris Yehuda. He quotes from the Beis Rabbi that Who haya ben Meshek Beis Rabbeinu v'Roivin Yoni Rabbeinu Hayu Nechtachem Alpiv. Everything went through the Sheiris Yehuda. And since we know generally, it's mentioned in the Akdama of the Alter Rebbe's children to Shulchan Aruch that as time went on, we know generally the Alter Rebbe changed his mind about a lot of Psakim. And he became a little bit more independent following his own conclusions of the Rishayim. What documentation do we have to that? It's all from the Maharil, who in fact was also tasked with being Magia the Shulchan Aruch, and in a number of places, but not all, for whatever reason, he actually notes when the Alter Rebbe's Shita changed, like we, like Reish Kriel mentioned, we saw in Simkuf Begimel. And in a number of places in his own writings, he talk, uh, details what he knows about his uh, brother's uh, change of opinion. So in that article, he collects five. And the main one, the biggest one, is this. And in addition, there's another leak there of 35 other shmuas that the Shedes Yudah quotes Vashem Naltarebbe. So you see the degree of closeness. And uh, we'll see why this is important, because it's a bit of a controversy. Let's take a look at the Shedes Yudah. So he starts off by saying, we have the Naltarebbe's enfer on the Kres Yuplesi, light his cheshven, not in the southern state of millimeters, but as we said, light the Naltarebbe's cheshven, the diameter of a chatzi sela is 23 millimeters, and then the gris diameter will be 21. Shematri bikotche shechazer boy. Why? Because this is all based on the Rambam's lashon, the pshat lashon Rambam, that a thumb is taka seven soiris. All is nice and dandy if you accept all these assumptions as fact. This equals this, and this equals this, and your whole cheshman works. But, ein chachem kabbalan esoyen, Madad Ba'atzmai, Alter Rebbe spent a long time measuring many fingers of many people, many sizes, and his conclusion was, the reality is, the Metzius is, it's only six Aedas. Right? So that comes out to about 21 millimeters, slightly more than Reb Chaim Noah's shear, however Reb Chaim Noah got it down to 20. So what's Pshan of the Rambam? The seven must not be lying flat, they must be lying sideways, which is equivalent to six lying flat. So, whoa, just like that, the Altarebbe just shrank 
The whole Torah. Down by seventh. So, Ebazoi, we say back to the Sela. The Sela is a Shlish Tafach. The Tafach is four fingers. Shlish Tafach is Gudul Shlish. It's no longer nine and a third. Now it's eight. Six plus a third plus two. How many millimeters is that? Eight times 3.6 is 28.8 millimeters. Now, we're not dealing with a square, we're dealing with a circle. Right? If it was a square, so 8 times 8 is 64, but it's not a square, it's a cell as a circle. So shave off a third, shave off a quarter, what do you get? Memches. So the diameter of 8 soedis translates to a, a shetach of memches soedis in a circle. Have that space, have that area, half of 48 is 24. According to the formula we mentioned earlier, what's the diameter? He doesn't spell it out, but what's the diameter for 24 soitis? Would be about 5.5 soitis. What's 5.5 times 3.6 millimeters? About 19 millimeters. Oh, now it means the chatzisela is smaller than the 21 millimeters of the miltzaka. Once you shrink everything by a soitis, boom, the whole tiretz falls apart. Benishar kushya sakresio pleisi betakfa. And that means that the Me'ilt Staka, if the Kresio Plesi's Kasha remains, that means the Me'ilt Staka Shita does not remain. So now all we're left with is how to measure a Chatzisela, which is great, but now I don't have a shear for a Gris. What am I supposed to do now? And the shear Gris isn't connected to fingers, so all, my, all, all our knowledge that we have about fingers now doesn't help us with the Gris. We have to start from scratch. So that's why the Atar started from scratch. So he says, and this is where I come in, the, the Madil says, I, the brother, Tzivali Achi Harav, and the Atar is going to try a third tack. The Chacham Tzvi went with beans, the Mil went with lentils, and the Atar says, let's give measuring the hairs a second look. He said, I should measure myself, he gave me the task, I should measure the Shetach Mekayim HaSa'aris, the way they're spread out on the arm. Right? So it seems like the Alter Rebbe gave up on ever identifying correctly the Gris and the Adashim. And apparently he also does not accept the Alachat. We should just use the, whatever the biggest Gris we can find is. Or at least it's not relevant to determining what the original shear was supposed to be. Now how did he get to that? How did he get to measuring this? The Me'iltzdok already established that it's the body, not the head. Right? If it was the head, we said it would be tiny. And not the Alter Rebbe liked, as we said. How did he get to measuring here? Kimaduma, that he saw it in one of the more, one of the more recent Sfarim. And then in parentheses, it was added that it's the Shut Mer Nesivim. Shut Mer Nesivim is by Rameer Magalias. He's described as one of the first Hasidish Rabbanim uh, after the Balshamtav. He passed away in Tafkuf Nun, 1790. He was the Rav of Astra. And in Tafkuf Nun Aleph, a year later after his passing, they printed Mer Nesivim, which has Shalos HaTshuva. Since the Tshuva there, where he and another Rav are discussing the Chacham Tzvi, some of the points in the Tshuva are cited on the Daf by the Pischei Tshuva. And among other things, he emphasizes this shear of going with the hair. And he writes, Binyan HaShir Allah even though uh, it's already, not even though, it's already Bar Etzli, that if the Maira does not have a Grishal Poil, because he actually, among other things, also holds that Halacha Lamaisa, you should just use the biggest bean you find. And that he goes even further than the Chacham Tzvi. But if you don't have one, then you should do the Shir Shisha Sairus, Heinva Avidon, the whole Cheshben, uh, on the arm. The Perek Hayad, Hu Azroya, Shebein Kaf Hayad, Ubein HaPerek. That's the best place to measure. 
So Al-Tanab accepted that Yisrael from the Marina Sivim. And he told me how to do it. He gets into the technicalities and how they use the machuga, the tools, somewhat scientific tools to measure. And he got the Reuven HaSeifer involved, the famous Seifer of the Al-Tanab. And he's very good. He's very good with precise uh, movements. And we made a square, and then we made a circle with the same area as a square. So he's describing the whole story of how he was the shlichas, the special shlichas that he had from the al We're not going to try too hard to understand it, because this is the kind of thing where I believe, also we just sort of rely on the al and Maril's Cheshben, and we're not trying to reproduce this uh, calculation ourselves. We're, we're, we'll trust the al and Maril on this. And what was the midah that resulted? Kemidas matbeya pitachok. Still a word in Russian. Pitachok is a five kopek coin. Silver pitachok from the day of from the days of the Kesaris, the Tsarina, in the 1700s, there were two queens, two eras in Russia where they were ruled by a queen. It doesn't say which, that's part of the problem. Oh, here we just transitioned from geometric shapes in the Miltstaka into the realm of coins. And that's the, the last uh, 200 years. It's all about the coins. Everyone with their coin. What is the shear of the Pitachok? That's what we're leaving for the special shear in Hashem tomorrow night. And the Al-Tarabah, he says, He accepted it, and he always carried around a Pitachok, Taka, from then on, to be Meshire when he had Chalice and Samim. Meaning that they were still available, even though at that point the Kesaris was no longer, but that coin was still in circulation. And then there are other Mekaitis later, we have a Tshuva from the Tanakh Tzedek Sanu Nayach, who was asked about this, and he said, I, spoke, I just spoke to my father, and he said that uh, lately we've been using the polished Keshel Poilin. So we see both that it seems like the Taka went with this Lahalach Lamais, and there's another coin to also add to the uh, exciting research, which will also be part of that share. Polishka. And then he mentions that he couldn't figure out the ill stuck as Cheshben. And then he says he asked him about the termus, which is really connected to this discussion, but we're not, the Kudus versus the termus, we're not, we don't have time and energy to get into that. But in the middle, we'll just note that in the middle he mentions Vahagris, Lefitsiuroi, the Gris according to the Miltstaka, who Kamatbeya Aleph Gimel Shin Shalakesaris. That's like the size of the Gimel Shin. Gimel Shin is the golden shtick. What's the size of that? We'll also leave that for that discussion. So now, for most of the Velt, the Miltstaka remains the Shita that they follow. And now there are just many discussions as to the resulting pratim from that shita, including what is the exact size of the shita of the Miltstaka. So in one of the Kaivtsim of Satmar, there's an article by someone in Antwerp who is Masakim, everything according to coins. The whole article is built around coin sizes. So he says, Rebchaim Noah Taka wrote that the shita of the Miltstaka is in fact 21 millimeters, which is, which is equivalent to our nickel. Chazanish and many others said it's slightly less, 20 point something. Darke Tshuva, Munkacher writes that Reivachreinim, at least in his milieu, said that it's 19 millimeters, which is equivalent to our, our penny. He says that Debrit Sinner and the Shevet Halevi used to, somewhere between 18 and 19, maybe depending on the situation. And then Badia Shulchan has, this, has the, most, the biggest Chumr within the Miltstock. He says it's 18 millimeters, which is like the dime. And we'll leave that with that. Now, when it comes to the Al-Tareb, uh, right, so then we have Rukhaim Noah in his Sefer, Shuri Taita Simon Gimel, Eschaf. He writes, some say, Bechlal, the Gris is 21 millimeters, that's his Havana in the Miltstaka. And some say, it's a lot less, the five Kopek coin, which is, of course, the Al-Tareb. And he writes, 14 millimeters, 
In the Ha'ara he writes, I could not get a, a hold of a pitachak, but what I remember, implying that he saw one once, and, or he saw something that was said to be that size, the Chein Dibartim Rabbanami Rusia, they said it's 14, 15, 14, 15 millimeters. And of course, you can check it out, there's a lot more in his artist there on the whole sugya. On the other hand, you have Tarek Halacha, Perek Beza Dalad, who writes, states that according to the Alter Rebbe, it's 16.5 millimeters, and according to the Miltzak, it's not, no more than 1920. And when it comes to the Alter Rebbe, he relied on those who researched these, these inyanim in the last few years, and they said they researched the coins, and they concluded that the Pita Chuck was 16.5, 16.5, not 14. is wrong. And that's also, we're leaving that for that shear. That's what the, the big focus of the shear by uh, Rabbi Grevich is going to be about. Amir Sashem, they also say, B'Shem Ibzalman Shimon, Ibzalman Shimon said to use a dime, which also suggests a larger shear, but then there are those who want to fartaich what he said. Huh? What did the um, Tarek Lapa say about the Milzadaka Also a little smaller than Rabbi Chaim Noah says, 1920. But, and let's just conclude with the, uh, maybe the most, uh, the fun, the most fun part. We said that essentially the Alter Rebbe changed his whole shit and all Shiri Taira from Agudo, which is 25 millimeters, to 20 millimeters. So we find there's a big outburst by none other than the Chazinish. The Chazinish in Kuntus HaShiyurim, Similamatas, I have it right here. He wants to make the case, of course, that the Agudo is 25. And he says, a good, you say, the good proof for that is the Shir Gris Shoksamim, 5 by 5 Soedim. And you do the math, if you go with uh, only Ches Soedis, then it won't work. He says, what? Can't be. Everyone else said it was bigger. The finger, no one could have ever come to the conclusion that the finger itself was actually smaller. That's impossible. And we can't leave, we can't abandon all the Chacham and follow a Yachid, a Pisiper Maisa. And the Grashaz Ba'atzmai in his Sefer wrote like the majority according to the Chazanish. And he didn't write in the Sefer that he changed his mind. And he didn't announce his Chazara to the world. How could it be that he was Matrik Samim earlier that were Asr in his opinion? Must mean the Alter Rebbe never disagreed about the finger. The Alter Rebbe must have gotten some uh, extra oversized Soedis. And that's how he came to the conclusion that uh, the Soedis are what they are. And the Shedis Yudah must have walked out in the middle of a conversation. It's all one big misunderstanding. How unfortunate. But the Alter Rebbe Grashaz certainly must have uh, come to the right conclusion. He must have realized that the, the barley is oversized. Of course, we have to follow the, the mainstream according to the Chazanish. And Bechal, who says a person's even Neman to tell you that a God will change his mind? So in Tarek Halacha, as well as in Heichal Abesht, that article by Greenwald, which also builds up to this. So in uh, page Lamed, Biyurim, uh, let's just finish with this, in Biyurim uh, Bays, he goes through the Chazanish piece by piece. And of course, the point, the broad, the point broadly is, is that it's a complete misunderstanding of the Shedas Yehuda's relationship with the Alter Rebbe. It's also a complete misunderstanding of what the Shedas Yehuda wrote, that it was a, a long term, he measured many fingers of many people. There's no chance that the Alter Rebbe found the wrong Soedim one day. And, uh, and the Alter Rebbe told him to go do it, and there's not, no conversation that he walked down in the middle of, and he says it's very clear that in fact, the Chazanish probably never even saw the Shedas Yehuda Bifinim, he must have seen a quotation somewhere out of, out of context, or at least lacking some of the context, maybe only what Rabbi Chaim Noah quoted, and that's why he came to such an absurd conclusion 
and he throws in a line, maybe we should say that love mar barav ashi chasim on what the Chazanish wrote. So, uh, and maybe that has something to do with the dynamics uh, between uh, Chabad and uh, that Welt, uh, that Chug. That, uh, and we conclude with that. And of course, it doesn't c- cover everything, but that gives you the general picture from the Mishnah till today.